The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You are now about to take a journey with professional advisors Ken Smith and Ethan Broga on Empirical Investing Radio. For more information about Empirical Investing Radio, please call 800-923-4307. Fasten your seatbelts. You're going to need them. Just because the hosts have a sense of humor does not mean their advice won't change your life. Good afternoon and welcome to Empirical Investing Radio. I'm your host, Ken Smith, Certified Financial Planner with a Master's Degree in Financial Analysis. My co-host joins me today, Ethan Broga. Good afternoon, Ethan. Hey, Ken. Ethan is also a Certified Financial Planner with a Master's Degree in Financial Planning and a partner in Seattle-based wealth management company, Empirical Wealth Management. Empirical Investing Radio is designed to share with you prudent strategies on how to improve your investing and have a successful investment experience over the course of an entire lifetime, Ethan. That's our objective. That's right. And also to offer great and sound financial planning advice. Um, the other areas in your in your wealth management plan that can go wrong or uh, throw a good investment plan off track if you are not acutely aware of of the uh, issues dealing dealing with financial planning. Yep. Ethan, if you wouldn't mind, uh, today we're just going to kind of go over some news and some client issues and questions, but uh, it's a special day. This is our uh, first time going live since we've been doing the program for quite some time now, almost a year now. I think so. On the Voice America. Um, today we are we are live in the uh, Seattle Tower here of Empirical Wealth Management. Emerald City. The Emerald City. We've got uh, Wall Street protesters out uh Occupying uh, the the square down there, and uh, we've got superheroes running around, <laughs> um, pepper spraying people. But that's here nor there. We've got a job to do, Ethan. <laughs> that's right. So you can call us live, but I'll let Ethan give out our contact information. Yeah, this is pretty exciting, right? Yeah, the, the inaugural live show today. Um, if you are listening to the show and you'd like to give us a call, you know we would love to hear from you. We'd love to hear any type of uh, investment or financial planning related questions, and see if we can tackle it. On the air, we have a, uh, the Brain Trust listening to the show. So if we have any, you know, we need a lifeline or something, we can call on those folks for help. If you'd like to reach us, the number is 866-472-5790. And if you'd like to reach us in uh, via the sort of old old method using the email, that's fine too. Calls are already, already flooding in again. Call in, really? This is exciting. <laughs> uh, that's a little joke, I'm sure. But so anyway, uh, if you'd like to contact us via email, that's okay too. You can reach us at contact at empiradio.com. And, you know, for all you individual investors out there, if you're looking to partner up or, or looking for some some guidance about how to make consistently smart financial choices with your money and, and financial lives, feel free to, to tap us. We'd love to hear from you and see what we can do to help guide you down the right path. And if you're an uh, investment professional out there, maybe, uh, maybe you've started your own company or working for yourself, uh, we know very well, Ken and I both, I've been doing this for quite some time, it takes a lot to run your own company. 
And if you'd like to focus more time and energy focusing on your clients instead of running the business, uh, we'd like to hear from you as well. Again, our number is 866-472-5790. You know, and I, uh, there's been a lot of uh, press here, Ethan, about Steve Jobs passing away. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he was a, a true innovator. No question about it. And uh, definitely had a huge impact on the technologies that we use. And I agree we'll go on for generations, probably, the impact. And yeah. uh, one of the things I was reading in The Economist that he had said was, hey, look, I'm not I'm not looking to die as the, uh, the wealthiest person in the cemetery, but I'd love to make a, a ding in the universe, basically. And uh, I feel like... To an extent, that's what we're trying to do here. You know, it's there's so much when I when I read in the investment uh, news, kind of the trade stuff about which firm selling to which big company and yeah. how much there were all that kind of stuff. We just want to help people. You know, we want to help them make smart financial decisions, and we're very passionate about that. Mm-hmm. It's not always an easy job, um, particularly when you're not. You're not selling sizzle here. We're, we're actually trying to sell uh, nothing but the best possible advice yeah. um, that we can help people accomplish their goals. And um, so, you know, if you're an advisor who that that challenge is appealing to you, that's the kind of person we're looking for, and we reiterate as we progress. Right. All right, Ethan. Well, I thought uh, you know we could do a little a little news uh, since we are live here. Sounds pretty good. Uh, today. Hey, who's in control of sound effects today? I'm in total control, as usual, oh, the way we like it. <laughs> um, however, I, I was informed that you could certainly get, get your hands on some of those. I don't think that's a good idea. Oh, okay. All right. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, ho, ho, ho. Okay. What's the news headlines? What, what are we well, you know, jeez, uh, this guy, we talked about the uh, hedge fund uh, manager, the uh, Raj Rajaratnet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who, um, who, uh, you know, I don't know, several months back when the whole thing went down. Well, it looks like he is sentenced today in federal court, and uh, he will come up against a hard and unavoidable truth. Insider traders are facing considerably harsher sentences, it's according to uh, Wall Street Journal here in their business section online. Uh, harsher sentences than they did in the past. Um, and I believe he got something like 11 years. Ethan. Uh, That's my recollection as well. A higher percentage of those found guilty of such crimes are receiving significant time behind bars than in the past. According to Wall Street Journal analysis, in the past two years, defendants sent to prison on insider trading charges. In New York, federal courts have received a median sentence of about two and a half years. Uh, and uh, hmm. a skip here was sentenced two and a half. That doesn't seem like too much. Uh, but. Um, I guess compared to their previous median sentence of 18 months, and in the past 11 and a half months, which again doesn't seem these are billions uh, of dollars, right? Yeah, billions and uh, billions of dollars, and an entire capital market system that's based on <laughs> fair trading, wow. right? In order for for it to work, and for investors to have faith, and that's what we were interested in about because we were huge capital market participants. Sure. And we believe that that's the growth that most investors need to fuel their college savings, their retirement, uh, many other financial mm-hmm. objections, specifically their retirement. Yeah. And we'll talk. I wanted to talk about that on the show today, Ethan, a little bit about um, what investors are facing and some of the some of the questions I've been getting recently in the in the local 
discussions and, and educational uh, presentations we've been doing. I think that sounds good. But uh, let's get back over to this Raj, Raj Jarrett. Uh, he, he seems like a slippery guy. And I was reading, too, that he may be uh, in the same prison that uh, your, your good friend uh, Bernie Madoff is hanging out at. <laughs> you, you don't want to start that. There's no, no good friends here. That's true. I, I'm only kidding. Ethan is not a, uh, a good friend with, with any of these guys. That's for sure. Um, you might, if you saw him, you might even want to punch him in the face. I don't know if you would do it. I'd be, yeah, I mean, I'd be uh, tempted, I'll tell you that. I can't believe this, the, the, the havoc and, you know, financial destruction these are, these are reaping many, many people's lives. Yeah, so I know he's, uh, he's going in, and I, I really hope he enjoys it. Um, is that for both of them going into the? Yeah, it's yeah. going to be. That's going to. That's going to go down. Right. So um, anyway, I think that's great. This is fantastic news, and I, I hope he does all the time he's sentenced for. Hey, you know, I'm he reason- deserves it, and I want to say he's a dirtbag. I don't mean that's all true, but I don't. Yeah. Mean, I don't mean interrupt you. But I'm noticing oh. down here it says by comparison. You didn't read down, read down the same article. All right. The uh, prison sentence for robbery was five years and three months. Uh, five years and three months in this year's fiscal. First three quarters. Uh, sentence for kidnapping is like 19 years. Right. I mean, but I guess for stealing billions and billions of dollars, you, you get a, a lighter sentence. That's just kind of... Well, he could exceed 10 years, it says. Yeah. The longest sentence imposed for insider trading in the New York in New York in the past two decades. So like I said, I, I hmm. hope he serves every single moment. No doubt. And uh, and I and I agree with you though. I think what you're saying is why are these why weren't these harsher before? Is it the corporate uh, the Wall Street fat cats? <laughs> <laughs> the proverbial fat cats could be. I don't know. Is is that what you're saying? I don't know. <laughs> um, but uh, no, it is too bad though. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I think that would be. Uh, oh, hold on a second. I got something. <laughs> There you go. Well time fat cat right there. It's chow time. All right, Ethan. All right, what's next? Um, so that's interesting. I saw also. I'm just kind of scanning through the uh, the uh, the Wall Street Journal here. Uh, market was. It's been pretty volatile continuously. That's for sure. Uh, and that's been a question. Hey, our markets. Are we gonna? Are we going to be dealing with uh, more volatile markets in the future? And I don't know how you feel about that. I mean, more volatile than what? I mean, like, do you mean compared to recent history, like the 90s, or do you mean like, uh, the, you know, since the Great Depression? Or I well, guess I guess day-to-day stock market volatility is what the question is surrounding. And well, undoubtedly, in a point, point, point per point, that's for sure because we're at a larger. We have two minutes left, I guess, till the commercial. Uh, Utah, give me Simon two. Simon Yeah, so I, I mean, clearly, point-wise, that's true. But on percentage basis, I'm not as sure, not as convinced of that. Okay. Um, I have to see the data basically. I know it was pretty. It's been pretty rough in the past at times. Um, you know, 2008, 2009 was pretty rough. Uh, obviously, there are a lot of other times that are also very, very rough on a percentage basis. Huge ups and downs, huge swings from time to time. Meanwhile, Google's profit climbs 26 percent. Search ads are jumping. Um, I don't know how it looks like the stock will. Um, Probably react positively to that, but uh, I was I was reading also uh, something interesting because I know you're not a huge fan. Uh, the huge Pimco bond manager um, Bill Gross, they had a little 
call out to him, and I wanted to find that uh, that article. But uh, maybe when we come back from the break, yeah, how much time do we have to the break? Dig, I'll dig that up. All right, and uh, and and we can talk about it. But basically, he's not had a good year um, for the billions and billions of dollars that this that this company is managing. And I, I don't. I want to talk to you, Ethan, about the the concept of. Uh, of financial uh, advice, you know, through a mutual fund manager, yeah, relative to a personal financial advisor, and and how that works, and why don't we, and we haven't used Pimco in a long, long time, yeah, um, or any of those traditionally actively managed bond funds, but why? Right, uh, I'd like to talk to you maybe about that. Sounds reasonable. Um, we've got to take a quick break. It sounds like Ethan. I hear the tunes grooving. Uh, Again, give us a call. We'd love to hear your questions or comments. We could, we'll do it live. Hey, who's screening calls? Um, I don't know. It's probably uh, Simone here. All right. We'll be right back. Sounds good. talking business talk to an expert call now toll free 866-472-5790 that's 866-472-5790 voice america business network are you an individual investor looking for a trusted financial advisor or are you a financial professional looking to connect with a world-class wealth management firm my name is simon Liu, portfolio manager with empirical wealth management Inviting you to contact us at 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. Or visit our website at EmpiricalFS.com. That's E-M-P-I-R-I-C-A-L-F-S.com. Our mission at Empirical is to provide clients with the most effective, unbiased investment and financial planning advice available. Empirical is changing the way investment advice is delivered by striving to put our clients' interests first. Call us now to get started with a no-cost, no-obligation discovery process. The number again is 1-800-923-4307. Or you can begin this process on our website at EmpiricalFS.com. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Listening to Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and co-host Ethan Broga. To call into the program with a question or comment, please dial 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. You may also send an email to contact at empiradio.com. Now, back to Ken and Ethan. All right, and we're back co-host Ethan Broga alongside Ken Smith. Uh, we're just... Uh, well, actually not alongside. We're, we're across the table. I guess technically that's true, but the listeners don't have to know that. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Uh, I'm also wearing just a t-shirt today, too, so I mean, I don't know if that's worth sharing. All right. No. 
thanks for joining the show. I hope you guys are enjoying it. Um, if you'd like to give us a call, we're about to hit our, our next, uh, rather our second segment. Um, I'm going to give it our, our phone number one more time for any listener who may want to give us a jingle today. We'd love to hear from you. The number is 866-472-5790. And if you have any financial related questions, we would love to, to hear from you today. So that's a number to call in and speak to us live through the radio program. Right. Uh, if you want to speak to us about your personal financial situation in private, separate from the show, you can call us at 1-800-923-4307. That's at Empirical. But uh, for the show, we'd love to uh, hear from you. So also, Simon, are we uh, monitoring the emails? If emails are coming in while we are live? Yeah, uh, we are. So contact at empiradio.com. Contact at empiradio. We are monitoring that currently. So if you have any questions about anything that's going on, and uh, we can answer them right now. Let's light this candle. Yeah, I think if we have a... You know, the first 10, 10 callers or emailers today while the show is live. Oh, boy. I'd be willing to send out a, a copy of my favorite finance book. Your favorite financial yeah. book? Yeah. Or maybe one of them. Wow. I've got a couple on the bookshelf I'd love to share. So for the first... <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. You're a very generous individual. Yeah, the first Let's 10 callers or emails. Ask me for the question today. We'd, we're going to a free copy of the book that I love. Well, that's fantastic. I don't know how how you could pass a deal up like that. Exactly. Um, Certainly, the corporate fat cats aren't handing out free books. No chance. No, no. The the (laughs) bank executives. Not free books. No, nothing. They hand out service charges and overfees and things like that. Right, yeah. Okay. Hey, going back to, uh, you want to hit uh, Bill Gross real quick, that, that article first? Oh, yeah, let's jump on that. So, because I, I think we can, this is a very relevant um, issue to address. Why, what's so funny? Well, I just was. Saying, okay. Yeah. Um, so, let me, on the Wall Street Journal here, they have Bill Gross suddenly finding it hard to attract new money. This is stacking up to be one of the worst years for high-profile money manager Bill Gross. His ill-timed bets on Treasury bonds have set his $242 billion Total return fund, the world's largest bond fund, up for one of its poorest annual returns in a decade. And that has generated another body blow. No, just blow. (laughs) Uh, New money flowing into the fund has dramatically slowed in 2011. I don't know why that's relevant, to be honest with you. but uh, It's a little confusing. A stark contrast to the strong inflows seen in previous few years. So when he's doing great, after he does good, the money comes pouring in, Ethan. When he doesn't do well, that's when people stop buying the fun after he's not done well. You know, Interesting. I, I remember his call, right? His call was that, hey, uh, treasuries are – there's a bubble in treasuries basically. And yeah. If I recall, the whole fund liquidated all but the very shortest of their treasuries. Yeah, see, through this year, the end of the fund, uh, let me skip through some of this nonsense about the dollars going in and out of the fund. Um other than people just aren't putting money. Being on the wrong side of the Treasury bond market rally injured performance and reputation. When someone so visible makes a mistake, it has large consequences. That was a quote from a a senior analyst for Lipper. Gross, the founder and co-chief investment officer at Alliance CSE's Pacific Investment Management Company, wasn't available to comment. Hmm. Well, that's interesting. Go into your uh, British voice there, Ethan, if you could. 
Oh, right. I would love to get a comment. It's possible. Um, anywho, it's uh, already some investors like Keith Ambergery, Chief Investment Officer at Rutherford Assets in Naples, Florida, have pulled money. He's been pulling money out. I can't believe it. Can you believe this? PIMCO has gotten so large, we believe it limits their opportunities. Would that have anything to do with the fact that it, it's done poorly now? Or it was it? When did it get too large? Well, it was <laughs> apparently it was about 185 million ago. Okay, it's just now over uh-huh. the threshold. Uh, but don't 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 fret, uh, Bill Gross, because um, guys like Ed Mosser, a salesman based out of Valparaiso, uh, uh, is it Indiana, began investing in the total return fund at the start of the year when it became available in his workplace 401k. Bill Gross made a short-term misjudgment. So did we sell treasury bonds uh, because we thought there was a treasury bubble, Ethan? Uh, no. No, we didn't. Um, That's correct. Because they should be in the portfolio for a very specific reason. And the best way, and we talk about this in our uh, I'm No Bill Gross, but we do talk about this is, you know, the real bubble, right, is if you're buying very long-term maturities. Right. Uh, if you're going out buying 30-year bonds... Yeah, and interest rates spike up, but uh, this idea of a bubble, how do you have a bubble if you own a one-year treasury? What's what's the bubble? I'm not so sure. Yeah, uh, I've been confused and perplexed about that. Yeah. Now, we, in a couple shows ago, we went through the, the S&P's uh, speed, they call it the SPIVA data, uh, is the acronym, but it's their data tracking professional fund managers relative to, to the appropriate indexes. And it it's it's very poor for bond managers. It's a very tough area to add value, particularly if you're charging, say, something in the effect of 1%, right. you know, half a percent, 1%. If, if your proposition is, hey, I, I'm not just going to deliver a specific com- uh, segment of the bond market to investors – I'm going to add some value because I'm going to time interest rates or credit spreads or those kinds of things. And you're doing it in a, a way that's non-system, like not a systematic, hey, when credit spreads get wide, we tend, you're pre- trying to predict future events, basically. Right. Uh, that's what Bill was doing here with this, with this whole treasury thing, right? Um, and he said a, a lot of weird things over the years. And, uh, but I think it's interesting that, um, you know, you, that people will pay. I, do you know what the? Can you look up the fund expense on the Pimco? Do you know what it is right now? Um, I can look it up. Okay. While I'm talking, that'd be sweet. Because sure. um, it should be pretty cheap with with 220 bill, 240 billion dollars in it. Wow, <laughs> that's a lot of dough for not giving one iota of personal financial planning advice to anybody. Right. Um, other than get out of stocks at one point, which was a poorly timed uh, comment, and then later this treasury bubble thing. But I know the fund's done reasonably well. Yeah, I'm not saying term. it hasn't over the long term. You know, they have different classes of shares, yeah. too. I um, think the D shares are the general oh, public right. uh, shares. Yeah, yeah. And um, anyway, I'm sorry. Uh, Gross emptied the treasury holdings in the fund in February when the benchmark tenry, te- treasury 10-year uh, yield hit its peak of 3.77, up from 3.2 at the end of 2010. But that move ended up costing him dearly as the yield, which moves inversely to the price, plunged to as low as 1.67, uh, 
two percent last month. That is really low. Wow. Gross has played catch up in recent months, shift, shifting to a bet that bond yields will stay relatively lo- low levels over, or even fall further. That's interesting. Hmm. Um, right? He was selling them, I'm assuming, because he thought interest rates would 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 rise and ultimately uh, negatively affect the price. Now that they've dropped from 3.77 to 1.6, which is historic, historic low points. Yeah. Now he's changed his tune and and uh, might go lower. Yeah. A little bit of a flip-flopper. I'm not saying he's waffling, but it's interesting. Reflecting the change, Gross has scooped up long-dated treasuries, mortgage securities, and other bonds who yields are, whose yields are more sensitive to interest rates and, and short-dated dates. Wow. Now, I also read the other day that he has been buying uh, mortgage-backed securities. Um, we don't tend to overemphasize that security group, and I don't know if you care to comment about that, Ethan. Yeah, well, we've I think we've looked at the data some over a period of you know years, and uh, generally when when interest rates are, are rising, you know you you tend not to get your money back as soon as you might like to reinvest the money at higher rate, and, and the inverse is also true, right? So if interest rates are falling, you'll get your money back sooner than you might want. You have to be aware of of some of the issues with those with the mortgage backed securities, which aside from the whole financial crisis issues, right, that were going on, yeah, separate from they that. were being assigned higher ratings and. They really deserve another inherent flaw or feature of a of a mortgage backed security is that <clears throat> the people who hold the mortgages tend to refinance when interest rates go down. So it's kind of a a, a situation where the the person who you are lending the money to can pay you back at any point in time, but if interest rates go up, they tend to not refinance. Yeah, that's right. They tend to hold that note. Because if they if they borrowed at what three or four um, percent, and rates go up to seven or eight, suddenly that that loan that they're holding is is very valuable, and it, it tends to discourage people from paying it off early. Exactly. So then, what you're held with, right, is a potentially a long term security because it's hard to nail down uh, the exact maturity date if a person can pay off the uh, the note at any point in time. Over the 30-year period, if it was a traditional 30-year mortgage, yep. So they tend to carry some interesting features there, where as the as the purchaser of the bond, um, you basically have a bond that can be put back to you, but not to benefit you. Only when it doesn't benefit you, right? And that's after interest rates have declined. Yeah. And it tends to be a very a longer-term bond at a time where you don't want longer-term bonds, and that's during rising interest rate environments. Um, in our view, you're far better served to build a portfolio that balances the risk and return trade-offs of the fixed income components along with some equity, diversified equity exposure. Simon, so, mean, where are we at with this new format? Uh, the timing, got a couple of minutes here? I'll, I'll get this down. But... Uh, so what we tend to do is is not necess- not focus directly on that area. If, if we were looking to increase some of our bond yields, we're looking at credit exposures, but we don't want that risk to come from the duration exposure. We don't want it to come from the maturity, because we know if we you know we do a the discussion Ethan I was talking about that we've been doing, uh, and when, when we come back from the break, maybe we can go over some of this data. But uh, you know, we, we're looking at the yields. Um, you got to go back into the 50s, right, to get 
get a, a 10-year treasury that uh, is around the 2% level. Right. Um, but from early 50s through the 80s, you know, we'll talk about what happened to interest rate and what happened to long-term bonds. I think that sounds good. That sounds like an enormous time. In the meantime, in the last few seconds here. Hey, I found that uh, real quick. Oh, okay. Expense ratio. Yeah, 0.75 on the D shares. Wow. So. Yeah, that's that's a lot for a fund that's got so much under management. But I know we use various ETFs when we're targeting and we're using funds that are 10 or 11 basis points. Yeah, some of them. Yeah. Interesting. Well, we'll talk about this and many more issues when we get back from the break, Ethan. Sounds good. We'll be right back. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. We spend 70% of our week in the office. What is the difference between enjoying your job and enduring it? The number one motivator is a positive work environment. And that's where Real Recognition Radio comes in. Join your hosts, Roy Saunderson and S. Max Brown, as they take a look at the positive factors of the workplace, such as employee rewards, recognition, incentives, and much more. Tune in to Real Recognition Radio, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. Are you an individual investor looking for a trusted financial advisor? Or are you a financial professional looking to connect with a world-class wealth management firm? My name is Simon Liu, Portfolio Manager with Empirical Wealth Management, inviting you to contact us at 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. Or visit our website at empiricalfs.com. That's E-M-P-I-R-I-C-A-L-F-S.com. Our mission at Empirical is to provide clients with the most effective, unbiased investment and financial planning advice available. Empirical is changing the way investment advice is delivered by striving to put our clients' interests first. Call us now to get started with a no-cost, no-obligation discovery process. The number again is 1-800-923-4307. Or you can begin this process on our website at EmpiricalFS.com. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. Stock prices plunging, home prices receding, and unemployment rising to levels not seen since the Great Depression. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Markets up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network.
are listening to Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and co-host Ethan Broga. To call into the program with a question or comment, please dial 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. You may also send an email to contact at empiradio.com. Now, back to Ken and Ethan. Okay, welcome back to Empirical Investing Radio, Thursday, October 13th. Uh, coming at you live here for the first time. You know, it's it's kind of wild. Every time I talk, the music disappears. It's a little unsettling. <laughs> it's blowing my mind. But uh, I'm sure we'll get used to this. Um, so the number, actually, Ethan, though, if they do want to call in live on the program, and I, I don't know if we're getting flooded with calls yet, but... Uh, I think it's 866-472-5790. That's my understanding. Uh, okay, cool. <laughs> um, and again, you can email us. Simon, you're on top of the uh, email. Contact at empiradio.com. I love the song, but I'm wondering why it's not that. Why can't I? Why I it it helps me to get into a groove. There we and go. And then whenever I talk, it goes down. Yeah. Um, so, anyway. Where were we, Ethan? We were talking about uh, the expense ratio of the uh, PIMCO total return fund, right? That's point right, seven, the expense ratio. And we were talking about the difference with the, why we why we tend not to overemphasize mortgage-backed bonds. Right. And the problem I have with with I'm just going to get it out there, Ethan, and we can we can talk about this. But the problem I have when you have a uh, a product like this, an investment product that has really built its reputation around generating uh, above bond market index returns right and it's gotta it's gotta go out and do that it, the whole article we were just reading about in the Wall Street Journal a large focus was how all of a sudden the huge flow slowed down because they, they hit a speed bump in their performance right yeah so now money's not flooding into the fund anymore um, and the problem that I have with it is what's if, if money starts coming out of the fund, the fund manager starts scrambling to figure out, hey, how can we catch up to this lost return? We made a bad move. Now we've got to, we've got to recapture some ground. Well, how they may be doing it is putting the investors in, in a, in a riskier position. Yeah. Without not, not ne- they're not necessarily calling the client and saying, hey, you know, Ethan, I know you hold, uh, about ten dollars of the two hundred and forty billion that we run in this fund, <laughs> uh, you've got a good ten dollars share in this thing. W- what do you think we should do? We're gonna we're gonna put you in some riskier bonds here because we got to catch up on this lost yield, um, right? They're right. gonna they're gonna and they're doing it right now. I was just explaining why. Hey, mortgage backed securities tend to have kind of an interesting trade off there where they become long term securities when interest rates begin to rise because. Bond, the mortgage uh, holders tend not to pay off as early or refinance. Yep. When interest rates are going up, they hold the note longer. They hold on to their mortgage and they and they make those payments. And that was your plan, right? When you refinanced at your current rock bottom levels, hold it for a while. Yeah, you're, you're going. Hey, I like it where this is at, and uh, sure, you know, unless something dramatic happens to your pad, there you're, you're not. 
you're going to be more inclined to have that psychological anchor onto that juicy rate if interest rates suddenly are at 8%. That'd be a pretty good spread. Even good deal. regardless of what happens to house pricing, uh, house prices may adjust relative to what goes on in the mortgage market, mm-hmm. but your psychological lock is going to be on that, that rate. You're going to have a, a feeling of like, oh, how can I pay 7%, you know? Well, sure. Not, right? Yeah, I mean, you go five years down the road, rates are up higher, and if I, I got to move, I'm less inclined because I got to pay all of a sudden a much higher rate to live where I'm living. So you've got a situation where the vast majority of professional bond managers they have they have a harder time beating the uh, particular target benchmark than do act traditional active stock pickers, according to the data we've seen. Yeah, as a group, studies. that's true, right? Right, sure. And it's hard because when you're dealing with bonds, right, um, it's a pretty straightforward situation. You know, if you can't predict um, the future credit rating or the future direction of interest rates or where credit spreads are going to be, you're not you're going to wind up beating sometimes just by pure luck, right? Mm -hmm. Just monkeys throwing darts. You're always going to have some managers that are going to rise to the top. Um, the problem I have with the traditional active strategies like this are when they don't get the performance that they're after. Uh, they they're only they're typically their only resort is to take more risk to get it. Right. Um, they're tempted. It's very tempting to simply go. Well, hey, we'll go into some below investment grades bonds, right, or to dip down into the credit because we need to pick up some return and some yield. And the average investor is not doing a risk analysis. To, at any point in time to know you know they don't even have to report their positions on a daily basis right you know it's it's more of a, a less frequent reporting that that the positions get updated yeah hey so this fund i mean go ahead i'm trying to look at the returns across the various you know bond asset classes for the last uh year and i see that you know looking at short-term treasuries as an example through the the end of last quarter that's September 30th. Um, the trading one-year returns, uh, short-term treasuries are up just 1.2%. Okay. Um, intermediate treasuries are up 4.6%. And then um, short-term corporate bonds, one5 So not a large premium over the short-term treasuries. Uh, but the inflation-protected bonds, almost 10% for the trading one-year. Right. Pretty incredible. So what are you saying? Well, I was trying to find the return for the yeah the one year for this fund. The PIMCO it's negative one point three percent. So it's just just as a comparison, um, the, the, all bond markets, at least not all, but I mean the ones that we're tracking that are broadly based, um, even including the municipal bond markets, have done pretty well. I mean, given the interest rate environment over the last one year, and this fund is is negative uh, over one percent. Just as a comparison. Wow. All right, should we? Uh, you want to talk more about the the expense ratio thing and how... Well, my point there, Ethan, was if you're going to pay someone that has very, very low odds of actually delivering what they're what they're trying to deliver, um, and we recognize those odds are very low, um, why would why would you pay... You know, our maximum fee, for example, for the work we do one-on-one with people, which entails a lot of very valuable financial planning, um, like life-changing kind of stuff, 
Yeah. What direction are we going to take? How should we build our portfolio? How do we customize this specifically to your unique goals and objectives and tolerance and need for risk and return and all these kinds of things? The maximum we charge is 1%. Um, and you're meeting with somebody or speaking with somebody who has um, specific training and credentials in providing that, guiding through that process and that is incorporated in the investment management that we do right um yet it's interesting because sometimes when we meet with people it's like oh geez i i well, it seems like you know one percent or whatever but they don't realize right because they're paying it in a pimco fund which is the worst possible place you should be paying that kind of fees is within a bond fund um, particularly sure. one where you don't get to call bill up and say hey bill you know what do you think i'm going to retire am i on track now, what should I do with my allocation? And one of the reasons why I, I'm we're criticizing the Bill, Gro- Bill Gross is because we don't appreciate his his broad sweeping views of market, di- you know, predictions about which direction stocks and bonds are going. And so it pleases me greatly that he was <laughs> he was off um, on this Treasury bubble call. Yeah. Um, can't so, say I'm dissatisfied with that as well. Well, there you have it. There you are. If you're going to pay it, you know, and many people are paying it one way or another, even if they're not using mutual funds, they're paying it by lack of diversification in most cases. Um, and even if you're using very low-cost index funds, um, the real value, in my view, should be what that should enable you to do is, is to say, hey, if I'm going to work with someone like Ethan here, um, at least where I'm paying is going for the most amount of value on my situation you know, to, to build a portfolio that makes sense for me and relates to my situation. Yeah, you're getting um, you know, customized advice to specifically you. That's a pretty good pretty good exchange, I think. All righty then. Well, I don't want to flog that horse, Ethan, too long, but uh, let's move into... Um, no sound effect there? Oh, can you explain course. why an investor would want to hold tips in there? We got a question. Is that a... Is that a cl- uh, a listener question? Question coming in here, Ethan. Can you explain why an investor would want to hold tips in their bond portfolio? What are some of the benefits and risks? How much of a portfolio would you want to invest in such securities? That uh, better not be one of the people that, that works with us putting that question through. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know we're going to need an, an address to mail a book to, it sounds like. <laughs> All right. You so, want to answer that? No, yeah, we, can, we can crack it a little bit. Um, what's the first part of the question? Do I have that in my instant message? You get two minutes. Two minutes. One minute. It's changing every second. All right. So the question, uh, you know, why would you hold it? Well, Treasury's inflation-protected securities are basically what we, what Ethan was referring to. Yeah. And those are Treasuries that are issued that that adjust uh, for annual inflation. So for investors where inflation is a concern, where we would hold them as a part of a diversified bond portfolio, is they bring a certain element of investment return, but also protection from inflation risk. Because while interest rates and inflation tend over time to uh, kind of gravitate together during uh, periods, if we look back in the 80s, right, and I we've created a, a chart where we lay the 10-year ch- treasury yields uh, next to uh, the preceding year's inflation rate, and you see they're very—they were very moving very close to one another. Um, we had gotten up to oh, 15% or so on the Treasury yield, 
but we had inflation that was uh, above 14%. We've got to take a break. I guess we'll be right back. Um, thanks for listening to Empirical Investing Radio. We'll be right back. It's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Are you an individual investor looking for a trusted financial advisor? Or are you a financial professional looking to connect with a world-class wealth management firm? My name is Simon Liu, Portfolio Manager with Empirical Wealth Management, inviting you to contact us at 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. Or visit our website at EmpiricalFS.com. That's E-M-P-I-R-I-C-A-L-F-S.com. Our mission at Empirical is to provide clients with the most effective, unbiased investment and financial planning advice available. Empirical is changing the way investment advice is delivered by striving to put our clients' interests first. Call us now to get started with a no-cost, no-obligation discovery process. The number again is 1-800-923-4307. Or you can begin this process on our website at EmpiricalFS.com. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. listening to Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and co-host Ethan Broga. To call into the program with a question or comment, please dial 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. You may also send an email to contact at empiradio.com. Now, back to Ken and Ethan. Alrighty then. Welcome back to Empirical Investing Radio. It's our last segment of the day. Again, if you want to, uh, we're going to be doing live shows now every week. So if you want to get in on the action, the actual number to call is 866-472-5790. I've been informed that that is a good number to call. And uh, why would you call, Ethan? Well, maybe you have a question about an investment decision. Maybe you're thinking about picking a financial advisor and you just want some advice on questions or things you might ask. Um, what kind of criteria should you utilize? Maybe you're considering some form of uh, an insurance or being offered some insurance product or something like that. You want us to, to look it over. Maybe it's a social security discussion. We, Ethan's an expert. He's a, he's a, he's a whiz at this whole social security uh, situation when you should take it, particularly if you've got a, a a couple situation with their spouses and right, Ethan. I mean, there's different timing and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, particularly when you're you're married. Obviously, there's a lot a lot of different options. In fact, there's about 81 different combinations of options you could use. 81 combinations. Yeah, that's correct. Oh wow. Uh, so you know, you got you got to take a look at all of them and see which one is going to most likely to give you the mo- the most payout from that particular system. 
So, yeah, one of the things. I'm just throwing out wild and crazy ideas here, Ethan. I, you know, maybe it's something we don't even know about, the question. That's true. I, I like uh, maybe That'd be great to hear. Yeah. So you can also email those questions, contact at empiradio.com. Well, Ethan, our last segment here, um, a lot of different directions. We've been talking about bonds and how Bill Gross got it uh, miserably wrong this last year, and now money's not, not flooding in right. to the extent. There is no excuse, though, for the for the general D shares for them to, with the amount of money they have under management, to be charging 75 basis points. That's all I have to say about that. Can't agree more. Okay. Uh, because any past performance, if you read the prospectus, will tell you it's not indicative of future results. I've heard that before. Uh, yeah. So, unless there's some sound, prudent investment philosophy behind it, much like the one that you adhere to, Ethan. That's right. Hey, real quick about okay. the about the listeners and stuff. I, I put together, and I'd be willing to give these out to I folks love listeners who are uh, interested in, in seeing them. I, I produced a, a, a two-page little, I'll call it a hot sheet. Oh, a hot sheet. Yeah, the first page is basically, hey, do I, do I actually need a financial advisor? And it just really just asks two basic questions. And it's really meant to be sort of introspective, and you can answer the questions any way you like. But, you know, to get the most out of it, you'd answer it honestly and, and see if you have the time and expertise to do. That is hot. You know, to pay attention to the, the, the all the details of your financial life to the way that you, they, they ought to. And then the second part was just, hey, should if I'm going to not do it myself, I'm going to hire an advisor, what type of advisor should I hire? And uh, anybody who's interested in seeing those two things, I'd be happy to ship them to you. So just contact us and we'll I'll mail them to you. Well, that sounds good. Yeah. Well, regardless of your feelings about the corporate fat cats and all all of the uh, the bailouts and all that, I, I mean, I was I, I'm irritated about a, a large number of things as well. And he, Steve and I were talking about it yesterday. Um, how some of these guys walked away with large sums of money, and some of them didn't even lose their jobs, and they received, but they received bailout money. Um, and hey, I'm not saying that bailing the banks in certain situations wasn't um, a good thing to do to protect the integrity of the financial system. Right. What I'm saying is they could have put some contingencies around those bailouts on some of this where they disgorge some of these guys to say, hey, why, why should you have taken bonuses for the last few years of millions and millions of dollars Um when really you were taking risks that you shouldn't have and you should have been aware of and you were doing it, um, you're gambling with basically the house house money here because you're using the taxpayer's money. Um, but aside from that, for those of, of you who are out on the streets and protesting and such, the basic element of, of capitalism and investing, um, when you think about a guy like Steve Jobs and Apple, just went through a whole series of iteration, became one of the largest companies currently in the U.S., right? Yep. Uh, and has had a global reach. You know, that's what you're really participating in. You can't let what the media chooses to focus on, right, the scandals and the some of the things that go on, uh, change or shift your view of, of how you need to get to retirement and, and how you need, you know, should you not work, should you not save because... Some bad stuff happens occasionally. Right. Um, no, you know you really have to plan and 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 still c- don't let that stuff or what's going on in the news day to day affect 
your 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 vision. You know, if anything, focus on the many many great companies have added significant value to the standard of, of living in our lives, and it's those companies and the economies around the world that are that are growing and evolving. That are, are going to continue to produce an opportunity for us, uh, you know, as, as investors, and to have a nice, you know, ability to retire um, and to reach and obtain financial objectives. And those aren't all just uh, material things that, um, you know, that we that we just want to overconsume. There is a lot of good going on. I mean, think about the Gates Foundation and and you know. The, what the financial uh, success enables us to do, if it's used correctly, sure. um, for the people that we care about and the people who need it, um, just an enormous amount of, of positive things that you can focus on at any one time. All right, Ethan. Hey, Ken, can we take this a little bit different direction? Why not? Yeah, I was uh, noticing in the uh, the Alaska Airlines in-flight magazine. Yeah. The other week, it looks like the October issue. Yeah, it's in there right now. I was you know, greedily thumbing through every page because I love the magazine, and uh, <laughs> I bet you do. I noticed that you're you're in the magazine. You're in the you're in the finance section. Yeah. Can you tell me a little about that? Well, and I want to say thanks to Carol Tice. She's a, a, a writer. Mm-hmm. She used to write for the wrote some stuff for the Seattle Times, and we've participated sure. in the financial makeover program that they do. Um, and she just contacted me, and she was looking to help. Uh, readers of the Alaska Airlines um, magazine there with ideas about improving cash flow. And okay. so she uh, was kind enough to call and ask me for my opinion on some techniques. And it's in there. I think it's page 147. So if you are flying uh, on an Alaska flight, check it out. Yeah, that's good stuff, Ken. What's our time schedule here? we got two minutes. Okay, I wasn't sure which time we had. Um, so, yeah, just... I appreciate bringing that up, Ethan. It's very nice of you. <laughs> um, but just general, it was. Uh, there are other planners that she talks to and quotes in there, and just general ideas on hey, how could somebody uh, enhance their cash flow. And they give some good ideas um, for budgetary purposes. I think one of the planners was saying, hey, you know, once a once a year, take a month where you kind of do an expenditure sabbatical. You know, you're not spending on kind of leisure stuff, and you just really watch the budget. And there's some other techniques and ideas in there and i consulted with lauren here one of our uh tax experts on some ideas on, on things that could be done and no oh, that's great talked about you know the way you approach your your contributions to your 401k because now a lot of 401ks have roth op- options mm-hmm. so it's just another decision that needs to be made based on your personal tax situation and also what you think um, your tax situation will be in retirement and our best estimate of what's going to happen to the tax code, you know. But uh, immediate cash flow, you know, if if you could utilize a deduction, um, and you're not a reasonably high bracket, it makes sense to put some pre-tax money away. If 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 you have limited, you can't fully fund your your 401k. Let's say you're not doing a full contribution anyway. Um, you know, you you might be able to get more in. By doing a pre-tax, you know the Roth is great if you can pay the tax outside yeah. and fully fund those vehicles. Sure. So that was one of the ideas, and and um, consolidating, you know, looking and examining the way you have your debt structured mm-hmm. certainly makes sense. You know, particularly when we're in this time period of very currently very low interest rates. Even though the banks are supposedly very tight with that with the lending, if you have a good credit. Uh, 
certainly would look at auto loans, home mortgages, all these things to say, hey, is there, is there, can I consolidate? Can I refinance in such a way that brings that, that, that average interest rate down? So. That's good stuff. Well, Ethan, uh, appreciate our first, uh, your high quality work here on our first live program in quite some time. So. Well done. We'll be, we'll be doing it every week. Thank you very much for tuning in. And again, uh, contact at empiradio.com. Send us ideas and things that you, you're going through. We'd love to talk about them on the show. And uh, we'll see you next week. Take care. Thank you very much. enjoyed empirical investing radio with ken smith and ethan broga please join us again next thursday afternoon at 5 p.m eastern time and 2 p.m pacific time on the voice america business channel and for more information about empirical investing radio please call 800-923-4307 we'll see you next week